Welcome everyone. This morning in this podcast, we will speak about the open revolution that started in banking and has now extended to the insurance sector. For this purpose, we have with us experts in the fields of insurance, banking and data protection. Virginia Martinez Fernandez, partner of the insurance department of Bird and Bird Madrid's office. Jose Luis Lorente Howell, head of the finance and financial regulation team in our Madrid office. And Joaquin Muñoz, tech and comms and data protection specialist, also a partner of Bird and Bird Madrid's office. We'll, uh, we are speaking about uh, open insurance and the open revolution. The move, because the move towards openness and data sharing is a global trend that apparently is here to stay. New practices in accessing and sharing data are transforming the way we work and produce value. Open access to user information through open banking is changing how the financial industry operates, enabling customers of personal banking and small businesses to shop around for better deals. This new open trend is extending beyond banking and has reached the insurance sector. Whilst open banking is quite settled in Spain in the financial sector, the insurance industry is following in these footsteps to the point that open insurance is already being discussed in the market, but it's still blooming. Jose Luis, could you tell us the origins of open banking? Where does this new trend come from? Thank you, Virginia. Whilst uh, in the open banking, it was uh, very relevant, uh, the PSD2, the entry into force of that piece of regulation, it really uh, was the spark that allowed the initiation of open banking. Uh, as such, imposed uh, the obligation for banks to provide access to the third-party providers, aggre account aggregators, and also the uh, payment initiators to uh, customer data in the accounts held by the bank. This uh, promotes great competition in the industry and also allows to fulfill the aims of PSD2, which basically are to provide customers with more transparency and control over their banking information. So in reality, whilst the open banking, strictly uh, speaking, was uh, initiated by this regulatory, let's say, obligation, what we are seeing uh, now with the open insurance is more an organic, maybe natural process, probably also um, uh, facilitated by the previous experience of this open banking, but more driven by strong factors such as the consumer behavior of the customers that is shifting into uh, new consumer behaviors, technology-based, the technology innovations, obviously, and also the development in new insurance products. So this trend is extending to the insurance sector. Virginia, how can we define or explain uh, open insurance? Thank you, Virginia. Well, open insurance is, in short, personal data sharing that is based on the explicit consent of consumers. It is also used to describe broader information sharing via APIs between different insurance market players, included also in the back office and in a way that, that might not be directly visible for consumers. This could include both personal data and non-personal data. In the insurance sector, as Jose Luis said, the phenomenon is, phenomenon is new and it is not settled as in the bank sector. Open insurance can also be defined as accessing and sharing consumers' insurance services-related data 
for example, data such as the insured object, coverage, claims history, and Internet of Things, between insurers, intermediaries, or third parties to build applications and services. So, since open banking is more settled in Spain than, than what is uh, open insurance, Jose Luis, maybe we can speak about briefly about which are the main lessons learned from open banking that could benefit uh, the new open insurance movement? Indeed, PSD2 and in particular about open banking has facilitated the, to decentralize services as one thing and also encourage competition between the operators in the financial services sector something that may, we believe, be easily exported to the insurance uh, services sector. As lessons learned, uh, I would say that the, the first and foremost is the extreme value of the personal information. This has been uh, uh, defined as the new oil of the 21st century, and we're seeing that new competitors uh, main strength is going to lie in the ability to engage in personalized selling and also in the possibility of tailor-made uh, and individualization of products. Additionally, we could also talk about a consequence, which is the, uh, this uh, open banking, which has been the catalyst for technology innovation. Again, as I was referring to, based on the value of the uh, personal information. Therefore, all this technology innovation, uh, these operators are looking for personal data analyzed based solutions to be new solutions to be offered to consumers. And probably the third lesson learned is in, in the terms of how important security uh, has become and the need to also invest in the protection of that personal information from a technology perspective. So moving on to the next question from the lessons learned from open banking, Virginia, how is the situation of open insurance in Spain? Is it regulated or? No, open insurance is not regulated yet. The European Insurance and Occupational Pension Authority, EIOPA, actually launched a public consultation on open insurance open to all the players in the market for example, insurance companies, insurance intermediaries, even policyholders, uh, with the objective of providing information and specific input for the upcoming legislative initiatives foreseen in the European Commission. In this sense, the Commission is supposed to present a legislative proposal for a new open finance framework by middle 2022. So up to date, the only reference from which we can start is the example given by uh, open banking, as Jose Luis was explaining. However, there are already many examples of open insurance and Internet of Things being developed in Spain in different areas or stages of the insurance contracts like, for example, uh, in the pricing and underwriting area, uh, there is a platform that, that is made available to insurance brokers. Uh, currently, there are only two or three brokers, but the idea is that there will be more than 200 brokers to facilitate their, contract, their contact with clients. In this sense, in contact with the broker's client, for example, it will alert them of the renewal of insurance, the need or their need to do the car technical checkup or other procedures. For example, in the post-sale post services and assistance area, 
there is a company which is using its technology to improve the insurance the insurance service car damage assessments that can be made in three minutes due to artificial intelligence so even if uh, open insurance is not regulated yet there are already many examples that are very are being developed by insurance companies and insurance intermediaries and the idea is to have a, a regulation in the near future. So it appears that the insurance industry uh, has already joined the race of the open movement. Jose Luis, in your opinion, what are the main factors that can contribute to the development of this uh, open revolution, both in banking and insurance? Well, the level of development of we're talking about open insurance and open banking, but let's talk about open finance for a second in a country. What we're seeing is that it depends uh, to a large degree in two factors. One, the deepening the depth the, of the basically the presence and the development of the banking or the insurance sector in the local jurisdiction. For instance, in Spain, there's an uh, overpopulated banking presence and secondly uh, the other factor would be the availability of, uh, of resources of finance for new uh, enterprises uh, so there are jurisdictions such as china where there is funds there's a lot of of investment and, and small retail banking and we're seeing uh, in those jurisdictions uh, platforms becoming very successful in this area of open finance. And uh, in Spain, uh, what we, uh, as I said, there is a big banking and insurance traditional presence. And what we've seen in open banking is uh, paradoxically more development on the ba uh, from banking uh, of the incumbents that have been acquiring and investing through venture capital vehicles uh, into uh, partnering into uh, with uh, local fintech or, uh, or or even UK fintech based entities. Okay, so that's somehow where I wanted to go because open insurance and open banking request financing, and that's a, quite a challenge. And now we, I want to speak about challenges and risk. I understand that it is very hard to foresee how the different potential impacts and forms of open insurance might affect the insurance industry, considering, considering also that it's a, it's a absolutely new, new trend and that the long-term consequence of PSD2 is yet to be seen. However, maybe we can speak indicatively about potential risk and challenges of this new open revolution. Virginia, would you say that the open insurance movement faces the same challenges as the banking movement, the open banking movement? Yes, well, as you say, it's uh, open insurance is in a very early stage, but we can assume that the insurance sector will face the same or similar changes, challenges sorry, than, than open banking. Therefore, we can identify risks and challenges from a triple perspective, consumers, insurance companies and regulators. First of all, as regards open insurance-related risks for consumers, the wider sharing of data with more parties raises, of course, the risk of a data, data breach, misuse, and fraud, including obtaining unauthorized knowledge about several facets and facts of consumers' lives, including sensitive data concerning the customer's health, location, or financial status. Uh, secondly, more openness in relation to the data gathered 
processed and exchanged for insurance purposes could also increase cyber risks and API security risk. Thirdly, and I think it's, this is a very important challenge, there is a risk of financial exclusion. Uh, of course, the more information insurance undertakings have and share about the individual, the higher the probability that some parameters or, com or combination of parameters can be used as a disqualifier or proxy for a traditional parameter. Finally, from a consumer protection angle, traditional risks related to increased digitalization and platformization seem to prevail, such as risks of not being properly advised before the conclusion of a contract. Therefore, there are several risks and challenges for consumers that we have to face. Secondly, there are also some challenges and risks for undertakings, for example, as uh, like with consumers, the fact of uh, processing and sharing more data of course, increases uh, the risk of regulatory fines and the increase of reputational risk. Also, there is a, a, an increase of the risk of cyber risk attacks, also for insurance companies, insurance intermediaries or third party providers. Thirdly, from a prudential perspective, the increase in digitalization might also lead to an increase in interconnectedness. This could render extreme cyber attacks more plausible and more impactful for insurance undertakings and for the economy at large. And finally, development of new business models and different regulatory expectations and practices in different member states may result in confusion and may increase regulatory perimeter risk and legal risk for undertakings. And finally, uh, this open insurance also brings some risks and challenges for supervisors, insurance supervisor authorities. Supervising open insurance developments might require specific competence for these uh, national competent authorities. And managing operational risks, including data security, privacy, and cyber risk, is likely to be also a challenge for these supervisors who have to supervise and control the, the activities in Spain, not only in Spain, but in all the member states. And Jose Luis, would you add um, another? Another important challenge that might face, for example, open banking, apart from the ones already mentioned by Virginia, maybe there are other, other challenges and risks to be considered. Thank you, Virginia. Yes, with uh, some time uh, elapsed since the implementation of PSD2, we're seeing that was the regulator pursued technology neutrality. However, it didn't uh, mandate API uh, technical standard. Now it seems this standardization uh, in terms of the APIs that are being to, uh, are, are supposed to be used, uh, one of the main challenges. And the lack of this standardization might intensify payments market complexity and fragmentation, which in turn may obstacle the, the main uh, objectives of, of these uh, regulations. As a response of this uh, problem, uh, industry standardization groups have emerged, proposing solutions such as the Berlin Group. And also connected with this problem, which is generally discussed uh, nowadays, there is, I would say, the challenge or the risk of the interplay of the different pieces of regulation that uh, are relevant. So together with the financial regulation, we find the fifth money laundering directive, together with the GDPR, 
and the PSD2 both generates a quite intricate framework that has been defined even like a PSD2 trilemma. So probably uh, what uh, the, the commentators uh, are, 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 are considering is that an um, inadequate standardization may uh, help solve these uh, frictions between uh, these uh, pieces of regulation. We're seeing some experiences in certain jurisdictions, such in the Netherlands, where there, there is a, a, an attempt to pursue a centralized transaction monitoring by several banks that have joined together. And if this was also put into motion together with the other fintechs involved, would possibly uh, provide light into how to um, deal with, uh, the, the, with the requirements and the, the money laundering uh, directive. And also in relation to GDPR, and I'll uh, let my uh, colleague uh, expert in, in, in data to, to comment, but there is, since PSD2 came out, uh, a, a, a bit of friction between the, the fact that PSD2 dictates or imposes payment account information sharing requirements, while GDPR puts uh, restrictions on the, on, on the data processing. And, and, and what is expected is that uh, through an adequate API in, in infrastructure uh, standardization, uh, there might be some alignment on how the data is shared between the third party providers. So that's already uh, where, where I wanted to get to because this new open revolution entails sharing uh, personal data of clients, the customers with third party. And Joaquin, how this new revolution fit into the world of data protection? Thank you, Virginia. Uh, well, from, from a data protection perspective, and, and it's already happening in other sectors, and also Luis has mentioned the, the example of what, what has happened in, in banking after the adoption of uh, PSD2, I think that the business model of almost every company right now in the world, but especially of the, of the insurance company, uh, are going to change uh, drastic, drastically uh, by placing data management at the head of, of their business strategies. Uh, in fact, uh, nowadays it's perfectly possible to obtain much much more information from policyholders than insurers are, are currently receiving through, for example, uh, wearables or IoT devices or any other kind of devices that can give more information to the to the insurers in order to, to define or to tailor specific services or specific products for the, for, for the client. Uh, obviously, this information is of great, great value in defining offers uh, that can enable, as I said, tailored products uh, to be offered in exchange for up-to-date information from the, from the insurers. And uh, I think that for these strategies to be successful and aligned with uh, compliance with data protection regulation, it's very important to take uh, into account uh, all the principles uh, states, uh, stated in the, in the GDPR, but especially or specifically, I think that two principles could be more relevant to take into consideration from this uh, point of view for the for insurance companies. I'm, I'm referring to the privacy by design and privacy by default principles. Uh, 
privacy by design um, requires that from the very beginning of the development of a new product, a new service, or uh, insurance policy, uh, it's taking into account how the data subjects uh, and, data uh, and data protection rights will be affected in order to define and develop the service in such a way that any risk is mitigated in the process of creation itself. At, I mean, from the very beginning of the creation of this specific product or, or, or service, but not uh, once the product or service has been uh, already developed for, from a purely business perspective. And then it could be very difficult to, to, to redefine or to take into consideration these, these data protection uh, requirements. And on the other hand, uh, the principle of uh, privacy by default uh, is intended to, to ensure that by default, these new products or services are as respectful as possible with the data subject data. And only at their request can the purposes of the processing for which the data will be processed be extended. I mean, in that these two principles will be taken into consideration for, for the, from the beginning of the definition of any kind of new product or services from the perspective of the, of the insurance companies. Okay, but ju just to be clear, these principles are currently in force or, or, would be, or will be in a future. I mean, do you think that the current data protection uh, regulations sufficiently protect the implementation of open insurance and open banking business models? or would a specific regulation be necessary? Yeah, sure. These principles, alongside other, other principles, as the purpose limitation or uh, accountability principle or so, are currently in force and obviously affects currently to, to every service or product that the, that the insurance companies are, are offering. And, and what I think is that these principles that are now set out in the current data protection regulation, I think that are sufficient to, to cover most of the cases that, that may arise in this area. For example, with regard to the basis for lawfulness of the processing or, or the principles mentioned and others set out in the regulation, as well as the rights that clients can exercise at, at any time. I think that what will be required is a tailoring of this of these issues to the specific case and, and I think that in, in that sense it would be uh, essential to create uh, or, to set, or to set up uh, teams of uh, insurance lawyers uh, with data protection lawyers who can assist uh, clients by providing tailor-made advice that combines business interests but also with uh, the specific regulatory and data protection uh, compliance. Okay. So interesting. So um, just to conclude, um, this open revolution, both in banking and insurance, entails a massive use and exchange of data. Uh, and most of the risk, as it, as it is normal and expected, are data protection related. However, there are also interesting opportunities. You have already, both uh, uh, the three of us have already talked about some some opportunities uh, behind this new revolution. But Virginia, could you speak, uh, can you speak further about the benefits of, of open insurance? Yes, indeed. Actually, there are a lot of benefits. We sometimes tend to think that this increase of the data sharing will entail a lot of risks uh, of misuse, fraud, cyber risk attacks. But the thing, or the reality is that there are also a lot of benefits and advantages, not only for consumers, but also for insurance companies and, and, under, and insurance intermediaries and third parties involved in the, in the insurance market. Uh, yeah, first of all, if more information is exchanged between insurance undertakings and consumers, more information is available 
including on the demands and needs of consumers, and consequently, consumers mainly benefit to new and more transparent products and services. Secondly, the integration of data, technology, and new services could also result in more tailored insurance products related to specific events and could lead to a push-boost business model where new policies are recommended to the consumer via an app, different from the traditional pool model where the insurer is waiting for a coverage request from the client. So insurance companies can be more proactive, and as Joaquin was saying, they are able to build and design more tailored-made products. Thirdly, automatic open insurance data processing may reduce costs, including marketing and administrative costs. For example, systematic open insurance data processing makes it possible to detect signals of insurance fraud and increase the profitability of products. As I said, there are advantages and benefits, not only for consumers who will receive a more tailored-made products or more specific products that specific cover their specific needs, but there are also a lot of benefits for insurance companies. First of all, open insurance could facilitate digital sales processes with increased speed and flexibility and easier access to new markets. It could also help to reach new consumers and work against financial exclusion, for example, uh, by offering new increased coverage. Of course, if consumers get more information on insurance products or more different insurance undertakings, competition will improve. Thirdly, open insurance could also lower entry barriers, allowing new players such as startups or tech companies to enter insurance market. This, of course, will benefit startups and new companies more than traditional insurance companies, but this benefits competition because it uh, makes traditional companies to have to adapt to the new world, adapt to, to open insurance, which is well, the new reality. And finally, insurance companies will also have a better real-time oversight of distribution networks and the distribution of their products. So in conclusion, even if we still see, or the, the traditional insurance market see, that there are more risks and challenges in open insurance, uh, Internet of Things, more data sharing, they have to be uh, conscious that this is the new reality and there, there are also, also a lot of benefits and advantages for them. So it is clear that uh, open insurance is a great opportunity for, for insurers uh, from what we've talked about this morning. Thank you all three for your time and, and your collaboration. So to conclude, uh, what uh, the, the main conclusions from this podcast are that uh, we have a great example uh, of open banking. Insurers uh, should, uh, should start promoting collaboration and service-oriented solutions through open insurance uh, based on the example of open banking. Take advantage uh, of this example uh, because the question, as Virginia said, is not so much uh, if open insurance will become a reality, but when uh, insurers will open their doors to this new reality. Uh, being prepared to opening up data to uh, third parties uh, can prove a tremendous advantage. Be ready because uh, the open revolution is here.